Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. First of all, I want to give God thanks for this opportunity to meet with his people. And uh, I want to be, and I'm always thankful when I can meet with fellow believers, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, As you well know, we live in perilous times, and uh, the world is ill at rest. The world is not as at rest as you and I know. And so um, it is time to become very serious uh, about our salvation. Uh, Paul wrote that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And uh, those words were never more appropriate than they are today, it is fitting that uh, we should be found in the faith, uh, once for all delivered to the saints, as Jude wrote. Uh, Jude wrote that we are to strive earnestly for the faith. Strive earnestly. Fight earnestly for the faith. And so uh, these are not the days for for shallow uh, individuals uh, who still depend upon <clears throat> mere uh, mere Christianity. Not in the sense that C.S. Lewis used those words in his great book, Mere Christianity, but uh, the the day and uh, the day is over for for superficiality and. Uh, a, a mere semblance of the faith that that's all gone, and uh, it is wonderful that uh, the shallow pretense uh, that play has ended, because those who play that game uh, lost greatly. <clears throat> I am thinking at this point about. One uh, one guy who whose ministry uh, was focused on apologetics, and later on after his death, many uh, things were found out about this individual that I'm not going to we'll go into uh, tonight. But uh, God has said that what is done in darkness uh, will be exposed the light. Now, for a time, one may be able to buy people off or give people hush money uh, and and have them sign non-disclosure agreements uh, stating that you you will never tell them what uh, behavior uh, or behaviors or acts or crimes uh, 
that you have been a part of, but surely God knows. And the Bible states that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, beholding the good and the evil. And so the writer to the Hebrews uh, states that, that all are naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And in the Greek, the the idea is that of the no of the neck being exposed uh, to being slashed. That's the that's the idea in the Greek. So uh, Jesus is coming again, and we have seen in Western Church history uh, the what people have uh, done in order to um, keep the word of God from the hands of his people. If if you would read just a few books on the history of the the formation of the uh, the canon of the Bible and the brave people uh, who were involved – in the formation of the canon, you would be, it would, it would stir your heart. Uh, the dedication of these people, and many of them gave their lives uh, in the service of God, so that you and I would have uh, the canon uh, that that we that we enjoy today. That is the Word of God. So. Uh, their names will be written large in heaven uh, for their dedication here, their ministry here, their sacrifice, uh, even to the point of uh, of blood. So this tonight's message is part one, and uh, God willing, on this Sunday I will I will comp- I will bring uh, I will do part two. But this message is from the book of Revelation, and uh, the words of, of, of the apostle John. And uh, so I'm going to be reading, I'm going to read from Revelation 21, beginning at verse 1, after we have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. Thank you for Jesus, the who Die for us, Lord, that we might have salvation. He willingly, voluntarily surrendered his life uh, for us. He said, no man takes my life from me. And uh, he voluntarily yielded up his spirit as he hung on the cross. And he was buried. And then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the salvation we have through him. And we thank you, Father, that we have a, a living hope. And that is the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you in his name. Amen. So, uh, this uh, Revelation 21, verse 1. Quote, then I saw a new heaven. And a new earth, for the first heaven 
and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. Now, let me tell you at this point that the sea is, represents conflict uh, and it, it represents unrest. So this is an entirely new uh, cosmos, as it were. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Let me say at this point that the psalmist notes that he keeps our tears in his bottle. Nothing is thrown away. God doesn't throw away parts of us. God doesn't keep the best of us. God accepts and God loves all of us. Every part of us. Nothing is, is discarded. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. The Lord knows that where we are, we will experience trouble. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. And God's people, that is the faithful ones, so those who love him, um, unto death, these believers uh, well, we read this is Revelation 21 4 he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning just think of this new world or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away now, the things that will be absent in the new cosmos are the things of the devil, the things of sin, uh, the manipulation, uh, the lying, the idolatry, uh, all these horrible things that are going on today will be gone. For the old order of things has passed away. Now, I love the language. And the devil knows these scriptures. He knows his end. God has declared the end from the beginning. Uh, before uh, these things come to pass, uh, the Lord declares reality. I'm quoting from Isaiah now. Verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Why does God have to do this? Why does God have to say, I am making everything new? Listen, these people have 
incredible technologies that are hidden from us. Now, I read far and wide. I read uh, and I do research because I want you to know some of the things I, I, I know and have read. I'm not going to tell you all the things. I'm going to tell you some of the things. These people have technology uh, through AI in, order, in which they can reproduce human consciousness. And they know how to uh, create trauma. Uh, they can induce trauma and they can split out personalities and they know how to use, uh, to divide up consciousness in order to use alters or parts of uh, the beings of people uh, to create uh, the kind of beings that they want for their purposes, purposes, uh, suited to their needs. This is a wicked and evil world. And that's just with regard to consciousness. I'm learning more and more about what they do, uh, how they manipulate and destroy health through nutrition and uh, why they do what they do because they, uh, they have a program that they're following and it is of the devil. Uh, and we are, as believers, enjoined to walk in the way of the Lord and to be in fellowship with the Lord because let me tell you, with the technologies that these people have and what they want to do for real, their ability to alter and manipulate weather uh, through their, their weather technologies and what they put in the atmosphere uh, in, in order to destroy people and uh, their programs are heinous. Uh, Paul wrote, Second Timothy 3, uh, 1, that in the last days, uh, fierce times will come. Fierce times will come. Now, of course, he was writing this to believers so that they would be aware of what is to come about. And uh, so uh, let me go on. I am making everything new. There are certain industries that, well, let me move on. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, that is the constantly unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, that is the manslayers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, uh, you would be surprised at the level and the depth at which magic, magic spells, incantations, etc., 
are used in this culture. There are covens of witches all over uh, where I live. And uh, these people are very dangerous. And the devil uses drugs and uh, and oftentimes this is associated with magic in order to induce and seduce and to lead astray. I saw a video the other day of this particular city in Philadelphia. It was was Philadelphia. And uh, these people walk around like zombies because uh, of the drugs that uh, have taken over their personalities and destroy their capacity for life. And so these people have been ruined uh, on purpose. And God sees. God sees this. God sees this abuse. God sees these crimes against humanity. Uh, And God's going to judge. The thing that always fascinates me about these people who are a part of this this present darkness is that uh, the word of God has already uh, spoken about their destiny. And their destiny is a lake of fire. So John is told to write these words down, uh, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink of the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this. I will be his God. He will be my son. Then uh, it goes on. The cowardly, unbelieving, the vile, murderous, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake burning, a lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The idolaters and all liars. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came to me and said, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me 
had a measuring rod of gold. I love that. A measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 12, stadia in length and as wide and as high as it is long. Or in English for us, 12,000 stadia would equal uh, 1,500 miles. He measured uh, its wall, and it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth uh, sardonyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophase, the eleventh hyacinth, or jacinth, I'm sorry, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. And this is wonderful. The language is wonderful and powerful. Uh, God is going to arrest. God is going to stop all evil, all abuse, all crime, all theft, all murder, all drug, uh, drugs and drug abuse. All criminal activity uh, will be stopped by the living God. He is going to rule this world uh, with a rod of iron. Now, remember, in Revelation 21, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Okay, so he goes on. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, this is interesting because... Uh, the language here, uh, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. 
so, and I, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, that th- this is a, re- a recurring theme in Scripture. It is a constant theme in Scripture. So, when you go back to Revelation 20, uh, verse 7 reads in Revelation 20, verse 7, quote, when the thousand years are over, that is the millennial reign of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to do what? To deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them for battle. Now here the names Gog and Magog are symbolic. However, in the book of Ezekiel, these names represent particular nation uh, nation states. Here they are symbolic. Uh, to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them, The dev- and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet have been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, uh, here's the final destiny of the unholy trinity. So, the beast and the false prophet are already there, and now Satan, who had given his power to the beast, is going to be, this is where he will be uh, for all eternity. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. See, God is going to bring evil to an end. God is going to end evil. Uh, in First John, we, we read that uh, God is causing things of this world to pass away. It is so God has timed uh, everything, and nothing uh, escapes the will of God. This is Revel- uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, quote, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth, abideth, uh, abideth forever. So uh, we have the verb, Passeth away. So it is what and what it is in what we call the present indicative middle. So that is uh, the uh, the world is being caused to pass away by the power of God. The lust thereof. Here the word is epithemia, and it means the active and individual desire resulting from pathos. P-A-T-H-O-S. That is the disease condition of the soul, Mark 4.19 and Jude 1.16. So uh, understand that God is in control. Now, 
All things are being done according to God's timetable, not mine and not yours. God, God's inscrutable will uh, for our lives, we, well, we experience his will for our lives. But his great plan, his great plan of salvation, his summing up all things uh, together in Christ, uh, under his uh, lordship, these things are on God's timetable. And to keep yourself from being frustrated about what's going on and why things aren't moving the way you think things uh, should be moving, well, you need to be spirit-filled. Yes, I admit there's some anxiety at times about what's going on, especially when we see uh, evil seemingly uh, is being triumphant, but it's not being triumphant. God is showing evil, uh, letting us see what evil really is. First uh, Corinthians 15, verse 26. Uh, verse 24. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. This is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24. So I want you to see why he will, why Jesus must rule this world uh, during his millennial rule with a rod of iron. It has nothing to do with believers because we shall co-reign with him. We shall co-reign with him. But this world... Uh, will still have those who stand in opposition to God. Now, remember, uh, these people are those who received uh, the mark of the beast. These uh, were people who were dedicated to idolatry. So Jesus is going to come and set up his millennial kingdom, and we will co-reign with him. Now, we are part of God's business. We, uh, uh, we have a significant role uh, in, in what God will be doing in, in the last day. God, God said, I am doing, a, behold, I am doing a new thing. We are involved with that. We see that in, in uh, the Babylon in the book of Revelation. We read uh, Revelation 17, 6. Quote, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Now, uh, Roman prostitutes uh, frequently wore a, a headband with their name uh, engraved upon it. And so this particular creature, verse 5, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the Great, 
the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So she is the embodiment of Satan's own ecumenical, ecumenical movement. And so she is over the religion of uh, the, the world, the one world system. So uh, this one world system that will come to pass will hate and fight against the saints of God. So uh, because why? The saints of God represent truth. And she represents, uh, that is, the whore of Babylon represents this great lie. Verse 4, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. You remember a few years back when this individual who ran for president, uh, when this individual came out, there was no concession speech given, but this particular female entity or personage were, was what? Dressed in purple. And the male consort with her was what? He had on a work. He had on a purple tie. And they were known to what? Uh, the, and here is a scarlet color, which represents what? It represents death or blood. And notice, uh, she is decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Look, what is God saving us from? And what is God saving us to? We have uh, Revelation, what? We read, God says, behold, John writes, Revelation 21, 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, Peter, I, I love the older Peter, uh, because uh, he couldn't be intimidated. He couldn't be impressed. Uh, and he just told it like it is. And uh, he talks about uh, how God uh, is going to end uh, this present world. This is Second Peter chapter 3. So, verse 9, the Lord is not slack. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, Joel writes about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The Greek has the idea of a whizzing sound. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also 
and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Listen, listen, listen. The pedophilia, the demonic pedophilia, the sacrifice of babies, the drinking of their blood, the using of their flesh and bodily parts for worldwide distribution, the destruction of babies, the destruction of women, the destruction of men, warning men, uh, wanting to destroy their testosterone level so that they will be more docile, destroying and removing the, the center uh, power and meaning of women from the home, knowing that the woman is the center of the home. She is the, the, the dynamic content and presence of the home. And doing what? Telling women, go out and get a career. Go out and creating an economic environment where it became necessary for a mother and father, husband and wife, to go out and work in order to provide for the needs of the family. These things were done on purpose in order to ruin the family. Okay, the ascendancy of pornography, the ascendancy of man-boy love, the ascendancy of deviant sexual behavior, the ascendancy of uh, an education, a public school education that is not an education, the ascendancy, the ascension of lies and madness, this, this creation of the theater of the absurd, the making of everything that is beautiful in life upside down. Well, I want to be able to kill my baby. I don't want to be married. Or you should desire that. You should desire to be as promiscuous as you can. Why do they encourage promiscuity? Because they want the baby. They want the products of the the promiscuity because they can turn a profit. And they are rewarded by organizations and companies and groups and consortiums that you will, and I will never know of for, uh, destroying, for the destroying of life. The element that is the molecules, the first principles of matter, well, what? Uh, Peter Rice, Peter Rice it will, that they will melt with fervent heat. So the chemical bonds that with which we are familiar will uh, will be loosed. That's the idea in the Greek. Will be loosed and compromised. And matter and no notice matter has nothing to do with hardness. That is a, just a a perception that we have. And so the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. But this was the devil's kingdom. This is where the devil reigned. This is where his sordid will was carried out. Our Lord, uh, we read in John chapter 1, our Lord what, uh, came into this darkness, and but the darkness did not overtake him. Darkness is all, always an active reality, an active principle in the word of God. Why couldn't the darkness overtake him? Because he is God incarnate. Before him, every knee will bow, and before him, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. 
Verse 11, Peter writes, seeing that things then that all these things shall be dissolved, uh, in the Greek it reads unloosed, seeing then that all these things shall be unloosed. It's going to vanish. What manner of persons are you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And so that is the question for the saints. What then if we know these things are going to come to pass, they're going to be loose, what kind of persons are we all to be and are to be in all holy conversation as of the way we live in God? Looking for present active parties of participle. Looking for and hasting another present active participle. And hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire, remember Job wrote, in the book of Job we read that the heavens are not clean in his sight. Why? Because of the evil spirit beings that inhabit, that inhabit this present earth. And it's what we call atmosphere. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And in the Greek, it means to liquefy. It means wasting away. Uh, which represents the possible effects of radioactivity. But it's all going to be gone. God's going to liquefy. God's going to destroy the ugliness, the sin, the ruin, uh, the blood fuse, the uh, fuse, the bloodlust, the licentiousness, child pornography, the adult pornography, the sexual abuse of animals. God's going to get rid of all this stuff. He is going to burn the house down to get rid of all the ugliness and ruin and sin. He's going to burn it down. He's going to take a match to it. And then you know that Peter and John were brothers in the Lord. So Peter said, this is going to go on, but then Peter goes on to write in verse 13, 2 Peter 3, nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Listen, God is good to me. God is good to you. God is good to us. I I am good to God because of 
his indwelling spirit. God allows me to produce the fruit of righteousness through his spirit. Not through me, but through his Holy Spirit. He produces a fruit of righteousness that he wants to see in my life. God wants to see the fruit of the spirit in my life. God wants to see the fruit of the spirit. And we are we are to be producing fruit through the power of the Spirit of God in our lives and in our hearts. What are you doing? What do you need to change? What do you want God to see? You and I know these things are passing away, and we're going to inherit a new heavens and a new earth. Brothers and sisters, it's time to change. It's time to get serious. Good evening, and God bless you.